Kate, you should introduce your own podcast. I do want to make that clear. <laughs> he, he's he's tr- had four at bats and he's failed each one. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Readers of the Lost Arts. I'm Kate, and I'm joined again by two people who weaseled themselves onto my podcast, uh, as well as someone who's a new voice to the podcast. Please introduce yourselves, boys. Well, I'm Brian. I'm the new one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And what is your relationship to me, Brian? Uh, I just met you on the streets. Okay, no, cool. No, you're my sister. I'm your brother. Wait, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Congrats. Um, Brian is 19 years old, so don't bully him. He's neurodivergent and not a minor. But anyway, he's my brother. I, I heard not a minor, which means that legally I am allowed to bully him. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, yes, and it is, again, as you mentioned, uh, backed by what must be unpopular demand after our two hour and 23 minute episode. Um, it's the first time I've gotten death threats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of them from us. Yeah. We just, you cannot release this. This would ruin our reputation. Also, Mike, you gave it no promo and I'm not going to hold that against you, but I am going to hold yeah. that against you. At the very least, I retweeted it. What the hell, Mike? Hi, I'm Mike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, friend of Cave, friend of Brian. Uh, <laughs> Chris, God. Uh, uh, can, Worst may enemies. I, may I swear on this pod? <laughs> Once again, you may swear. Okay, thank you. I fucking hate Chris. God damn. May, may I swear? Mm, yeah, but you're on thin ice. <laughs> I'll temper it down. Uh, I'm Christian Hakens. Um... I, I, have, I have no further introduction. That's I, I'm the guy who talked way more than everyone else on the previous episode. You know who I am. Yeah, you really did. Like, I was surprised at how little it's I spoke on my own podcast. Okay, I want you to know that we were, we've were we been texting about how uh, borderline offensive it is that we came onto your podcast and then spoke for two and a half hours, two, two solid hours of which is just me and Chris. And then didn't even thank you at the end of your podcast. We're just like, okay, bye. Yeah, and then you said that without consulting me. So then I came off like a really big dick by being like, oh yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, th- uh, thanks. Thanks for letting us on the pod. Yeah, okay? sure. Thanks for inviting us back. I mean, sure. It was de- it was an invite in that you guys were like, oh, and then we can come back for after we see No Way Home and talk about it. And I was like. Sure. Are you okay with us being on your pod? <laughs> um, of course I'm okay with it. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. That that satiated my anxiety. Okay, then it's not fine. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go. Why, why are we back? This is a, this is our shortest episode. We have to go. Can, can 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 we can we figure out why we're back? What's the theme? Why oh yeah, we, what are we talking about returned? today? I just yes. said we. So yesterday I saw the new the new Spooderman, No Way Home. My brother saw it earlier today. That's interesting because we saw Speederman, and I, I wonder if that's a different film. You know, I, saw I think the Star it's... Wars Holiday Special. That is. Oh, we got to talk about that later. That, actually. That's a joke. <laughs> repeat. You already put that on no, your wait. Instagram. No, okay, hold on. Actually, we, we're <laughs> going to talk about this now. So we went. We uh, went to a three p.m. showing of. Uh, Spider-Man or No Way Home. And um, as we were waiting in the theater, it wasn't like an AMC or anything. It was called the Sunray Cinema. And it was like Mm -hmm. this art house theater. And for the opening like 40 minutes while we were just like waiting for the movie to start, they just played the Star Wars Holiday Special almost in its entirety. It was... A incredible thing to see with a group of people there to see Spider-Man. Yeah, it just felt like we were all in a theater watching Star Wars Holiday Special. Like, that's why we're here. Also, you should bleep out Sunray Theater because no free promotion. 
I mean, I've promoted LaCroix like 20 times on this podcast, so. Um, a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, we all just held up our salsa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are we, what are we talking about? What are we, what are we dishing? Did we like it? I liked it. And I saw a tweet about it earlier that I think conveys my, my biggest sentiment about it. And I'm going to find that really quick. Cause it, okay. Can we, can we all go around and say our star rating also? Sure. Brian doesn't have a letterbox, but he can come up with a star rating. This is uh, out of five, Brian. Um, yeah. So Joel Kim Booster, who is a comedian yeah. I really like, he said that Spider-Man No Way Home was extremely satisfying, but calling it a movie seems like a stretch. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, what am I, what am I trying to say? I have heard the opposite take and I am trying to figure out where I fall is. I'm it, trying to understand what the opposite of that take would be. It's, it, it that, is the what's the opposite movie? of a take? No other things are movies well, except I've for heard, Like I'm not here to talk about uh, conversations I've had outside of the pod, but I've seen uh, quite a few people say that they're surprised that it's not 100% fan service and that there is a beginning, middle and end. And I do have to commend it. Oh, they're like shocked that it's a functioning or as a film. a functional story. <laughs> but I do see the uh, the opposing side. And I think I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I, I guess you could say like, yeah, this is sort of like the Infinity War of Spider-Man movies. And it is does have a more of a, you can just watch this one more so than Infinity War. So there's that. Which is crazy because this is also the one that I think would be the least effective if you've never seen a Spider-Man movie before. But also, would you would you see this if you've never seen a Spider-Man movie before? Man, I can't figure out a general audience's look, idea of watching movies for look, any reason. If I was born in the year of uh, 2016, I'm five years old, I want to go to the damn movie theater for the first time in my life, you better believe I'm going to go see the new Spider-Man movie. But I feel like, I don't know, five-year-olds, if they're seeing Spider-Man, they're coming from a household where like their parents are Marvel fans, and they've probably seen... Oh. At least a few other Spider-Man movies. Also, five-year-olds aren't applying a, like, analytical eye to this. They're just going to be like, oh, that guy has eight arms? Hell yeah. You know, like five-year-olds are ought to do. I'm, I'm sorry, are you implying that James Cameron is a five-year-old? His Hell take yeah. on Spider-Man? Oh, my God. Uh, Brian, are you a Marvel guy? Oh, I am. <laughs> do you have Do you have a... I have multiple questions for you. Okay. Do you have a favorite mcu movie and do you have a favorite spider-man favorite mcu movie that is a great question i'll circle back to that one my favorite spider-man was toby mcguire interesting we had a toby fan do you mean movies or no 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 hold on i have a follow-up question is it because you like the raimi movies more or is it because you like his take on the character most okay well i guess it's a little bit of both it started with it being my childhood watching those movies so it's just like you know there's that connection but looking back i like i like his spider-man i like i like maybe not his spider-man but his peter parker and spider-man combination the most i don't know that sam raimi's movies except for spider-man 2 were like all fully functional and smooth everything together but i really like Tobey Maguire's rendition as peter parker and Tobey Maguire. i I think I think Spider-Man one is very messy, and I think Spider-Man two is perfect, and I think Spider-Man three is um, an abomination. It and, happened. Uh, a front to <laughs> to God, to humans, mankind. Really, it's just definitely the whole one of the movies. It, it happened is, exactly. It happened more more than any other movie that is not a movie. I just want to point that out. Spider-Man three is the opposite of a Spider-Man movie. There we go. Um, oh no. 
<laughs> well, I, I ask because I know you're you're younger. I mean, you're almost a full decade younger than a few of us here. Well, at least one of us. And I was trying to figure out, it's interesting that you say you grew up with the Raimi movies, because I also grew up with the Raimi movies, but I do not like Toby. And I think that this is, um, I guess this ties into this movie. Now more than ever, I think that putting Toby up against Tom Holland and putting Toby up against Andrew Garfield kind of shows what I dislike about Toby, but I love the Raimi movies. So I like that your take is that the Raimi movies are fine and messy or some are fine and some are good or whatever. But he also just likes Toby. Yeah, um, just like Toby. I actually want to go on record here. Um, on the previous, our, our previous appearance, I went uh, on mic and said that I don't like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I think he's too cool and I want to punch him in the face. I would like to recant my entire statement. I think Andrew Garfield is the best character in No Way Home. And uh, I loved every second of him on screen. He, he's got huge theater kid energy and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, that was one of my notes. Um, you know, when you have all, it's like so much easier to assess which Spider-Man is the best when all three of them are there interacting with each other. Like, obviously Tom Holland Spider-Man is the protagonist of this movie and he's likable and we're rooting for him. But, oh my God, Andrew is just having so much fun. He's so charming. He's and popping magnetic. off the screen. He pops, you know? Him, his little move, his little jump to preview Spider-Man where he just sticks his little fingies on the wall is so cute and so fun and i immediately was like oh this is the energy that i want yeah. forever i kind of wanted the entire plot of the movie to be like they he does you know he does his little spell and it's like oh it didn't work blah 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 no villains are brought to him but the two spider-man are so it's two hour movie of them just hanging out figuring out how to send these two guys back but it's mostly just vibes no villains <laughs> Well, that's essentially the plot of Into the Spider-Verse, but... Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Great. We've talked about this. Great movie. Should we talk about the plot of this movie? Like, can we give it a quick rundown? And then also, we still have our star ratings to give, guys. Or do we hold that to the end? Yeah, well, let's talk about our ratings of this movie at the very end. I think they'll probably be able to suss it out as we talk it. Yeah. Talk about it. I also yeah. think it'll... We're all pretty much on the same page, so it's not going to be a huge shocker. Uh, I got some things to say to, about Kay's star rating. I saw it. You, um, did you even give it a star rating yet? Oh, wait, no. you. I you did. did. I did. It was funny. I logged on to Letterboxd last night. Like, my entire, like, whatever, where you can go through all the movies that your friends are watching, it was just a block yeah, it, of No Way Home. It's no block of No Way Home and then me watching uh, two Matrix movies. Spoilers, I gave both of them higher ratings than No Way Home. I don't even think I saw those, so I don't know what's been going on with me today. Chris and I watched both uh, the first two Matrix, Matrix movies Ma today. Matrices. Matrices movies. Yeah, matrices. And I am going on the record to say this will be the last we talk about it. I refuse to engage in Matrix discourse. Matrix, good. Uh, we're going to watch the third one tomorrow. Um, <laughs> the, the first Matrix is like a perfect sci-fi film yes i agree and yeah that is where it stops and all then, right all right fine fine um i would like to i'm just going to take this moment movies. i'm going to take this moment to plug my next episode when i'm coming on the pod to talk about the matrix movies no. anyway no no this is your <laughs> last shot at ever being on k's pod okay so plot <laughs> what happened um, just a quick rundown, because I feel like it's weird to talk about aspects of the movie without actually talking about the plot. Uh, Peter Parker is revealed at the end of Far From Home by Mysterio to be Spider-Man, and everyone is making his life hell, and he can't get into college. 
So, um, he asks Doctor Strange to uh, make everyone forget he's Spider-Man. And then halfway through the spell, he's like, wait, no, this is a bad idea. And then Doctor Strange is like, well, you know, you tried everything, right? And then he negs him for not trying everything. So he feels real bad about it. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll go talk to the college lady because Flash wrote a book and tried to plug it to her. I don't know. I was trying to make this quick. <laughs> and you brought in Flash's book. as I want to talk about Flash. <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> all right, yeah. So anyway, the spell backfired, and all of the villains from the previous films—well, not all, most of the villains from the previous films—every have... villain that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Well, well we're going to get into that. We will, we will get into it. But uh, yeah, I don't know why like MJ didn't show up because it's just like every person who knew Peter Parker was well, also Spider-Man. I, I, I have a lot to say about this, but we got to finish the synopsis. That's <laughs> should have popcorn this. Kate, pick up from here. All five villains are back. What happens? Um, Doctor Strange tells him that. Peter, that yeah, they have to round them all up and send them back using this box thing that he has, and he gives Peter the sleeve thing, and then he goes and he finds Sandman and Electro and some other people, probably Ned and MJ are helping out. The lizard. What was that? I was just trying to fill in the, the five villains. You said you told me I was taking too long. I was just like, the five villains are important. You said Sandman Electro. There's also Lizard who was ca captured off screen. We'll talk about that later too. Uh, Doc Ock, who you already mentioned. And then uh, uh, Willem Dafoe is back, baby. Okay. Anyway, uh, Tom Holland realizes that all of these guys are about to die moments if they get sent back. Uh, so he's like, well, what if we save them and then sent them back? And Doc Strange's like, no. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Anyone want to pick it up from there? He traps Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension, which is a thing that it looks cool, but I don't know what it is except for a plot device just to have Steven not interfering with the plot for a good half hour of the runtime. That's fine. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> My plot description was just going to be Peter was going to wanted everyone to forget, so he fucks up the spell. Five villains show up, and then three Spider Man show up, and they all have a big fight. But we can, well, well, we they, can break they, this down. They try to saying. they try to cure the villains, and then one of them's real mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, somebody um, uh, leaves this mortal coil, and um, everybody's very. We can sad. we can include spoilers. Like we've already yeah. said that they're all in it. <laughs> Aunt May. Aunt May gets Uncle Ben. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. <laughs> anyway. Brian, you want to step in here to carry the plot? What more can I say? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, good guy always wins, but does he? You know, he finally sends back all of these people and cures all of them, I guess. But uh, at the cost of making everyone actually forget that he is Spider-Man and forget subsequently Peter Parker, so. Yeah, because some weird thing happens when Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, comes back and he destroys the box thingy and it, like, ruptures the multiverse and Steven's trying to, like, patch it together with the, the Doctor Strange stuff that I don't quite understand. And so they do a different spell and, yeah, everyone forgets who Peter is. We And we're back to square one. We are back to square one. Peter is poor. He has met two Spider-Men from alternate dimensions. Um, well, that's that's like square two, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's really we're Look, he's poor. He needs a job. Um, he has built his own suit. Has made his own suit. Yeah. Mr. Ditkovich wants his rent. It's um, exactly where we want him to be in his life. It just took us three movies to get there. Yeah. And I assume 
he will not be taking photos for J. Jonah Jameson, who seems like a bad guy. <laughs> are we are we breaking this down villain by villain? We're breaking it down however you We're just talking to. the movie. As as well, I cause our last episode, we made a list of all of our favorite villains. And That's I true. would just like to amend mine because I think J. Jonah Jameson is no longer my number one. <laughs> oh yeah, actually this is fun. Why don't we just rank the villains in this movie in order of how we like them? Because there are five villains. I feel like all of our rankings are going to be the same, though. Good. Well, I don't. I, I don't. I, I disagree, Kay. <laughs> well, you're always a, a bit of a wild card, but I, I mean, I can start with J. Jonah Jameson being my. <laughs> We're not counting J. Jonah. He doesn't We're doing count. The five, he does not the count. Five. The five main. I, well, then let me quickly say that he's no longer my number one because this movie kind of just paints him as a alt-right, weird, basement-dwelling uh, newscaster. Yeah. He's uh, uh, Jude Law in Contagion. Uh, yeah, I wanted a movie about J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man 2. I do not want a movie about Alex Jones Jameson. Yeah, he's just, he's, he's, he's done. It's over. I'm, I'm done with him. Who, who's your, who's your fifth favorite of the main villains? Mike? Um, I, can I double up here? Cause I would like to say that my fifth favorite would be Lizard. And my fourth would be Sandman, if only because I don't think the movie needs either of those characters. No, it really doesn't. Yeah, we, we've t- talked about this at length. My number five actually is Sandman, because I think he's handled the poorest of all of them. Yeah. And I think that's because his motivations are so unclear throughout the entire movie. <laughs> well, he wants to get back to get back to his daughter, but he does he want to be cured? Like, we're not... It yeah, seems like, like he's just going along with it just so he can get back. Yeah, it will. He goes along with whoever's talked to him last. Yeah. <laughs> so first he's on <laughs> Peter's team, and then Electro's like, "Who's this guy?" And Sandman's like, "Yeah, who are you?" All of a sudden on Electro's side, and then uh, Peter's like, "Oh, I'm a good guy," and Sandman's like, "Okay, I trust you." And then Goblin's like, "No, nah, you should be on our team," and he's like, "Okay, you're right." <laughs> like Sandman's just hopping from team to team with no ideology, and I also we talked about what would be a better thing. Like Sandman's whole thing is like, he wants to go back and he's okay with being cured because he thinks that that will help him get back to his daughter. But he doesn't go back and die in his universe. Like he doesn't need to be cured. What he needs is a cure for his daughter, which is the unresolved thread of Spider-Man three. So they shouldn't be trying to cure Sandman. They sh- Sandman should be like, don't cure me. Cure cancer. Find a cure for my daughter's illness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got three of the smartest spider people in the universes. They can figure out if cancer. If Peter Parker really wanted to save the world, he could start by curing cancer. And he just doesn't. They never said <laughs> I don't want to cure cancer. I want to make web fluid. <laughs> they never say cancer. Yeah, she I might, don't think she has cancer. She's she had like, like mumps. Yeah, she had like a disease since she was born. I don't think it's cancer. It's something she's like polio. Polio letters. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which has luckily been cured. So we really just... Not in the Raimi-verse. I I do think that Sandman and Lizard both have no... Again, as you pointed out, Sandman wants to go back and also wants to be cured to go back, maybe. But like, Electro, who he teams up with, clearly does not want to go back and does not want to be cured. So it's weird for his allegiance to switch. And Lizard doesn't even have an ounce of interiority at all. So the He's, two of them are He still him. wants to make everyone lizards. <laughs> Which is a good... <laughs> it's yeah, well, his he, plan. he tries to get everyone on board. He's like, hey guys, guys, what about this? What if instead of uh, going back to our own universes, we stay in this one and everyone's a lizard also? <laughs> but like, what I said last, last time where I said, yo, if I was a lizard, I wouldn't have to go to grad school. That would solve Peter, MJ, and Ned's problem. If they were That's lizards, true. they wouldn't have to worry about not getting oh, no, into MIT. Okay, here's the problem. 
it, they would just have to go to lizard MIT because they're lizards too. Oh, so it's the whole, if the whole world is lizards, then you still have to go to to lizard, <laughs> lizard college. <school>. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Anyway>. um, <laughs> so if you okay, who that, are your fifth and four? Because we're, we're, we're well, sharing. I'm just gonna. I want to add my last. Uh, if you were to cut lizard and Sandman, I do think you could have given an extra five minutes of motivation or story time to Doc Ock. Green Goblin and Electro separately, that extra 15 minutes I think could have benefited all three of their stories. That's why I think they're unneeded and we should cut them in their my four and five. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to have five villains instead of either less or six. Or just three six. because three what symmetry. Yeah, yeah, three is perfect, but if you're going to have more, go the full six. Don't have five. Chris is so anchored to adaptation that he's he's mad that the there's team, not a sinister six the team is called the sinister six and not there's in, five of them not in this they're not doing a sinister six they're well just, then they, they have shouldn't have villains. then there should be three well because yeah <laughs> isn't mysterio in the sinister six i mean it changes the team changes yeah. so okay frequently. well he was he couldn't have been in it because he's dead first of all the first thing i said when i was in the theater and you hear Mysterio's voice over the thing. I was like, oh, we're going to get a Jake Gyllenhaal uh, scare. And my friend's like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, first image is just Jake Gyllenhaal. And I went, ah! His, his beautiful face. Taylor Swift had the same reaction. I was yeah. peeing at this time, so I missed him talking over. I had to rush back to the theater. Yeah, I couldn't believe the moment you chose to go to the bathroom. You were like, this, is gonna, oh. this isn't going to start for a second. I was like, it's starting now. It's like, oh, I'll be fine. Mike is notoriously... Fine. A piss boy. <laughs> I am. I have pissed like seven times piss in the past boy. hour. Yeah. Certified piss boy. What are your guys's four and five? Uh, I haven't thought about it, but I would probably put lizard at five, just because they literally oh, yeah. shit, just Chris. kept him in a in a van for <laughs> yeah, a good portion because they didn't know what to do with him. And then four is Sandman because I still like him, but yeah, he didn't have much to do other than just like support Electro, kind of. Like, I felt like he and Electro were in, like, cahoots for a lot of it. But it was just, like, I don't know, underutilized. Someone pointed out online, um, and I don't know if this is true, so this is my own unverified rumor corner. Um, the actor that plays the lizard, whose name I'm not going to butcher. Um, Luna Lovegood. Afons. Um, Literally, the image that they use for his, like, return back to human from Lizard when he is cured by the Spider-Man is... If not the exact image, very similar, maybe a plate or a reshot used for his return in The Amazing Spider-Man that they didn't even, like, try to give him a proper well-shot <laughs> return to form. Yeah, it was very funny in the theater, I remember, during that moment. Because they, they notably weren't really showing his transformation back into a human for a little bit. And I said, were they not able to pull Risa Fons? And it sounds like maybe they weren't. <laughs> He's he's clearly doing the voice. But yeah, but maybe they couldn't get him to be on set. Yeah, I don't know. I have a surprise number three, if you guys want to hear it. I mean, you're going to say it anyway, so. <laughs> Doc Ock. I have a surprise number three, and it's Chris Akins. <laughs> he was my number one last time. Yeah, Chris well, Akins was my number one villain. Yeah, I, I'm a, a big stupid idiot. I'm the sixth member of the Sinister Six. Um, mm. I think Doc Ock, despite being one of my all-time favorite movie movie villains in general, not just comic book. I think that here he's a little bit subdued. He's no longer showing chest. He's no longer going full nip. Oh, well, the turtleneck was a, was a bad <laughs> yeah, idea. Cuts but. a lot of his power. And he, again, he's just like, he's wrapped up in his own arms for most of the movies. He's just like, okay, so this guy's not really a threat. And I like him when he's like, he's good now. And I like that they, I like that story choice, but 
he doesn't have as much juice to me as the other villains i'm i'm vibing with his bluetooth arms i think that that is fun i like that i can connect my airpods to them if i want (laughs) it's a good story choice for this movie but it is not as good as he is in spider-man 2 that's all i'm gonna say i would say like as a villain in this not strong but as a character rocks i think he rocks well what are y'all guys number threes uh guys well then i'd have to say electro same and I said, what I said to you guys last night is that every single time he has a line, it sounds like he's monologuing to himself and just doing, like, lines that would be put in a trailer. Like, it never sounds like he's actually saying anything. It just sounds like he's trying to say something intense. And I don't know if that was how he was written, how he was directed, or if that was just a choice that Jamie Foxx made. If it was a choice, it was a bad one. Electro literally glowed up. He looks good. He's he is quipping. Great. He's not a nerd anymore. He doesn't want to go back because he finally feels good about himself. And he is also my number three. Because he, <laughs> he's, he, he's, I mean, you can't, you can, I think you can only do so much with Jamie Foxx's Electro as a villain from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because he wasn't well served by that movie. And this movie does what it can to kind of repair that. But he's still like, up the, the, he's up against Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, the two heaviest hitters that ever hit. They, God, they are they're really swinging. He's my number three. I don't hate Electro. I think he's having fun. I like his like little hints at like, uh, you're you're a guy from Queens. I thought you'd be black. Maybe there's a black <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. out there. I love that. Okay, actually, that while we're fun. on the topic. Okay, so the logic of the movie is that people that know Spider-Man's identity are getting pulled into our reality. And I understand why certain characters weren't there, because Strange said not all of them came through, just a few slipped through. So that's why at the very end, everyone that knows his identity was coming in. It was thousands of people. Emma Stone's quote was way too high. Yeah, I assume that the Mary Janes were somewhere in those like portal ripples, along with a very clear outline of Craven and the Rhino. But um, uh, I want to say that Electro doesn't know Spider-Man's identity to the point that he thought he was a black guy. Yeah, wait, he must know that Peter is Spider-Man, though. At no point in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 does he learn that. So I don't know if in Andrew Garfield's universe he learns his name later, like if he didn't well, die in that scene and like they had further adventures. But it de- he certainly doesn't know that Peter Parker's what he looks like or like who he is because dane dehan learns the second yeah dane dehan does learn he could have come through well, but thank learns, god he didn't mm. he learns when emma stone comes out of the building where she killed electro exactly. as she runs out he's like oh he puts two and two together maybe electrostatic electricity was still like listening <laughs> during that scene yeah I don't know. he was listening but he couldn't see I, so he still thought he was black i i think that this uh, uh, story is maybe the best version of this. I expected it to be a lot sweatier and a lot messier and it wasn't. So I'm a little more forgiving of something like that compared to the actual in-story like narrative where I think that's a little messy and a little less forgivable. Brian, we're talking over you. Do you have a number three? <laughs> My number three was also Electro because I feel like all they did was make him more of a New Yorker and that was basically it. They gave him Tim's and they made him say like oh, some yeah, cooler they things. They made him have a little more swag. And you were like, oh, okay. So he's just from New York. Okay, cool. And all are like, really making me uh, sweat for putting Electro at number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, defend him. I love the take on Electro. For one thing, I think he looks fantastic. And I would argue that apart from, you know, Goblin becoming like the big, big villain at the end, Electro is like the primary villain of the movie for most of the time. He's the one who's like behind the scenes going like, hey, guys. 
these Peter Parkers aren't out for us. We should be out for us. Sandman, come on my team. Sandman, of course, being what he is, is just like, oh, okay. And, uh, I don't know, Electro's powers look better. He looks better. I, I love the confidence that Jamie Foxx now has. I think it's just a much better take in the character. I think he's fun. May, may I ask really quickly, Chris, what are your feelings on The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in one sentence or less? <laughs> I have a more positive feeling on The Amazing Spider-Man 2 than possibly any human being I've ever spoken to, which is that it's a fine movie. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I, I, we, I think... Did you also watch it on the airplane that one time? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I wish the plane crashed. Yeah, I think he was like five minutes ahead of me, so I saw like the Gwen death scene, and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, back to my screen, I was like, oh no. Here's my take on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. If you cut out the absolutely horrendous parts, it's pretty good. <laughs> was so like, there's ten minutes left. Maybe. I think there's like a solid like 70 minute good movie no, in that you, movie. You and think all of it movie. is the chemistry between Andrew and Emma. Yeah, absolutely. There's a good trailer. There's a great trailer in that movie. Hell yeah. Also, my take is that I like Paul Giamatti's Rhino. I would like, I wish he was in this. Chris was furious that Paul Giamatti's Rhino was not in it, as if he could nimbly run around the Statue of Liberty. He could have been there. He could have been at His the bottom trying to shake it. His quote was too high. His quote was so high. He, he's you can't a, get Paul Giamatti. He's got that Jungle Cruise money now. <laughs> I keep on forgetting that he was in there. He's got a parrot. What, what's everyone's number two who's correct? <laughs> Well, then, well, uh, I already mentioned it, Mike. Uh, I, I think mine is Doc Ock for reasons Chris kind of stated. He is more of a hero. I like him as a... I like him when he's uh, kind of helping Peter out, serving uh, Peter's story in a positive way. I love that. I, I know I already said I like the Bluetooth arms, but I do think that the Bluetooth arms are a little... They detract. No, they detract. They detract a bit. That keeps them from a number one spot. Amongst the fact that, like, someone pointed out, Peter didn't actually help Otto Octavius change in any, like, heart-to-heart -heart way. He kind of just invented a little, little like, device that he just stuck on the back well, of his I mean, neck. that's what they did for all of them. I know, but, like, that is, I think, a, a kind of a... Yeah, it's worse than the Spider-Man 2 ending, where Doc Ock, like, learns the like, arrow of his ways. As yes. A, uh, and he overpowers his arms. The, like, the, with the power of his mind and his heart. It makes sense <laughs> that you can't, like, compel to Green Goblin to change him, because Green Goblin is... He's a little freak. We discussed this. He's a little fucker. He's going through it. Um, <laughs> Electro kind of swung around to things by the end, but they also uh, ripped his arc reactor away. Oh, I love that Electro just fully sucks until the end. He's just like, ah, I wish I had beaten you guys, but oh well. <laughs> Send me back. <laughs> We're meddling kids in a 50-year-old Tobey Maguire. Hopefully there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. I believe this is that exact line. I, um, Something like that, yeah. Point is, Doc Ock, I, I like a lot. He's having a lot of fun. He's not my number one villain for obvious reasons. Uh, Alfred Molina, hot. Yeah. I, I just want to see those nips. Well... Yeah, I thought the sex scene with him and Aunt May was a little gratuitous, but like, you know. Oh, well, we, we, we all, we've been wanting to see it this whole time. And I'm glad that they brought Rosemary Harris back for this movie <laughs> in order to show us that. She's hot. Um, <laughs> I, I also have Doc Ock at my number two because, yeah, he's not like a villain villain. When he is a villain in this movie, he's great and like a lot of fun. The whole, that whole bridge scene. Like, finally, a good fight scene in these movies, I felt like, which they were kind of lacking up until this point. He's a great dude. He just, like, his thing is, like, he genuinely likes Peter. So as soon as he has the thingy back on his his neck, 
Like, obviously, he's going to help him. Now, let me ask you this. Do you still find him neat? Oh, yeah. He's a a neat dude. He is a neat dude. To go to talk about that fight scene, actually, that is a small like quibble I have with it. And it's not worth, you know, it's I think more indicative of the current movie state. But like his CGI tentacles are fine. I do miss the weight of the Spider-Man 2 tentacles. I kind of miss the weight of the Spider-Man 2 character in general. He just kind of feels a little more floaty, floaty and streamlined. And like even as a character, he's a little more... um, I don't know. I think it's a, as good as we probably could have gotten in an MCU movie. I am a bit curious. Um, you know, these characters were pl- uh, plucked from their universes in the moment that they discovered Peter Parker's identity, it seems. And um, for Doc Ock, this was during his fight at the Great Fusion Reactor. And he, he mentions that. He's like, where's my m- machine? I, I want to know what Doc Ock thinks happened. Because all of a sudden, he's in a new location. Spider-Man looks completely different. I don't. Did he think Spider-Man changed? I mean, he changed. He obviously put on a turtleneck. But, like, why does he think Spider-Man's suit is suddenly completely new? May I answer? Yeah, go ahead. Who gives a shit? I don't have time to, like... <laughs> we're, we're, we're on a podcast. We're talking about the dang movie. I know. The, the rules for, like, stuff like that, uh, like I said before, I'm a little more forgiving for because I'm just like, they're try- they're doing what they can to make this movie as cohesive as possible, and they're taking elements as best they can and shaping them into this thing, and it's a miracle that this did not like buckle under its own weight. I'm not going to sit here now. Kay and Brian, feel free to answer. I'm sorry. I immediately, uh, negged your, your, your <laughs> you, question. You're yucking my yums. Over I don't here. Fucking, I'm Jimmy and your Johns. And I just simply do not care where well, they're my, being plucked from. My answer was going to be basically kind of who cares. Like he, he doesn't know. I mean, he knows who he knows. Peter Parker is smart. So he's like, oh, maybe he just designed a new suit in the however many minutes or hours, days I was asleep. Yeah, I, if, I'm, if I'm just saying, if I'm Doc Doc, my, thir- my first thought is, oh no, I, I got knocked out and it's years later. <laughs> As a screenwriting grad student, I just want to say, uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck about story. <laughs> uh, just whatever. <clears throat> so we're all in agreement about who the best villain is, clearly. Well, Brian, what's your number two? It's tough, honestly. It, it is. Because... So, as a character, as individual characters, when you compare Green Goblin and Doc Ock in this movie, I think, as a character, I actually do like Doc Ock more. When you want to look at a villain, obviously, purely, Green Goblin is more of a villain in this movie, but I like Doc Ock's character more simply because he, like, comes back full circle all the way from the Sam Raimi movies. He comes back to, you know, liking Peter and liking Peter's ingenuity and wanting to help Peter and, like, kind of repairs that almost, like, father-son dynamic that they had before he went crazy with the AI chip and everything. And, like, that was really satisfying and wholesome for me to see. He's all about the boy. So, I like, yeah, I like that a lot. But then you look at, obviously, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, and it's like, holy crap, it's horrifying. He's, like, actually insane. And he was just so good that it's really tough for me. But when I take a step back and, like, look at the characters, I think I like Doc Ock more in this movie. Woo! I support that. Doc Ock rules. Yeah, number three best, but all right. <laughs> Boo. Uh, on the subject of Willem Dafoe, uh, great mouth. I think we talked about that last pod. I just want to reiterate, best mouth in Hollywood. They cast a man who looks like a goblin, and Marvel smartly was like, he doesn't even need that mask. The man just <laughs> looks like a goblin. Yeah. Is that, 
is that everyone's number one? Well, I, I, mean, I might just, defer. Brian just admitted that um, Doc, Doc Ock is his number one, but I think the rest of us are in agreement. That it's the number one villain of Spider-Man No Way Home is the city of Long Island. The city of Long Island? <laughs> yeah, I immediately paused. If someone could uh, cut that. Terrible. I will no, say, when they showed up to Happy's apartment in Long Island, I leaned over to Mike and say, oh, what is Kay going to think of this? Oh, is... <laughs> There we go. That that was that was my question. Is Happy a Republican? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he looks like he lives in like Queens. It looks like he's like right on the border. Like he lives in Long Island City for sure, which is right near the city. City of Long Island, and you guys uh, questioned it. Well, be, well, because Long Island is is a whole thing, but then there's Long Island City. Which is different. I just thought it was when he's like, oh yeah, you guys need to go somewhere way more safe. And then it just cuts Long Island. And I was like, nah. <laughs> and in, the, in a theater full of Long Islanders, it was it was funny. Because we were just like, huh? <laughs> absolutely makes sense that they welcome Jay Jameson and his news van there, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. There are probably people cheering outside. Um, Back to uh, Green Goblin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess he's, he's, he's my number one by yeah. default. Well, I want to say, I, I, there's a reason why he's my number one. And I think that it's because, in addition to Electro, this he's one of the only villains in this movie that they actually add depth to, I think, in this movie, instead of just being like, a carryover from their previous movie with no arc. I wasn't aware from the Raimi films how much Norman was struggling with his alternate identity. Like you see those like back and forth scenes, but it seems like for the most part, Norman is kind of like, yeah, you're right, but I don't have the balls to go through with it. And then Goblin's like, ah, but I do. And in this movie, Norman is clearly like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to be a good person. I want the Goblin gone. And we don't get that from the Raimi film. And I find that a fascinating layer to his character. I think he's cool. <laughs> I think he's a fun you little dick. fucker. He's a fucker. <laughs> Villains should be fuckers. He should be fuckers. Also, we, Mike pointed this out to me. I did not know this. Willem Dafoe only agreed to do this if he got to do his own stunts. So all of him, like, <laughs> suplexing Tom Holland into the floor, that's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I, I do want to quickly point out that it's his action scenes. I don't know if he did his own stunts, and I don't want to take away from the stunt teams, but he, he specifically was like, yeah, if you're not doing the action, you're not playing the character. I mean, he's in his 60s, so I don't think they had, you know, Tom Holland punching him. And Well, I mean, well, no one gets actual punch, but, you know, yeah. um, I don't think they had him falling through floors, probably. No, but, like, some of, some of him hopping up like a frog is actual old man yeah. Willem Dafoe. He's running around. He's doing things. He's doing little shenanigans. He's I liked his fun. coat. Loved his, great coat. His, his purple hoodie that gets torn to shreds. Yeah, the it purple hoodie incredible. and the green coat. Yeah. That's that's a fit. Mm-hmm. Great mouth. <laughs> I'd kiss it. Are, hell yeah. yeah. I would not. It looked like it would eat me. The teeth. <laughs> Go in for the kiss and accidentally get swallowed. Uh, may we talk about our... Can we rank Spider-Man? Spider-Mans? Really well, that's, that's an easy one. I, I am... Yeah, I think we would also... Well, actually, no. That, number three, I think we don't have the same... Actually, no. Actually, I can't say that. <laughs> Let's, yeah, well, let's, let's rank around. our Spider-Man. All right, number three, Toby. 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 As much as I like him, I, he'll be three for this movie. He looks bad in this movie. So That was my first thought. He jumped into it and I'm like, he looks old. 
Yeah, as soon as they, they cut to him, they were like, oh, they didn't find Peter Parker. They found an old man. And then he steps in and was like, oh, it, it's Tobey Maguire. Whoops. He went to the old beach. It's clear that Tobey Maguire is a smoker because he has an 80-year-old woman's smoker's voice. And it's so hard to hear him do the, like, hey, guys, when it actually sounds like, hey, guys. And it's He's just so He's always had that, though. I, it's, yeah, more, yeah. it's more in this, I think, because it has been. 14 years like he's just he's getting old he's looking rough oh i do like that they sort of imply that his life is similar to peter b parker's from into the spider-verse like when they ask if he has his own mj he just says it's complicated he's he's hella divorced he is 50 years old so it's sad it is not fun it's not cute it's sad i just want to point that out it's rough yeah he dresses like a youth pastor no they point that out yeah my man's going through it I don't know. I, it was still great to see him. Like, he got the applause. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where, like, you could tell the people who were making the film, like, they were like, okay, make sure when they come onto the screen, we leave a little bit of, no, like, space where no characters say any important lines because there's going to be applause. Yeah, our, our theater specifically was losing their minds during certain moments. And it's funny because when they introduced both Peter Parkers, there was the huge applause break and there was, like, no dialogue. But there was another huge applause break, and we haven't mentioned this yet. Charlie Cox is yeah. in this movie as Daredevil, which we 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 predicted in our previous episode. We were like, it's all but confirmed. And there were uh, set photos. I mean, it was yeah. Confirmed. yeah. Well, everybody couldn't, didn't know if it was like faked or no, whatever. But um, they were real. The moment he appeared on screen, our theater erupted. Like yeah, he he got a bigger cheer than Toby. He I didn't know there were so many Daredevil fans. Well, it was, that was also like the uh, first reveal. Yeah. yeah, but he also, he he pops up and he's immediately, like, spouting dialogue. And I didn't hear a word he said because yeah, the no. was losing their minds. I missed he, it. As we all know, Jon Favreau has now officially been in the only two uh, theatrical daredevil appearances, appearances in film. Yep. Uh, and his whole scene was just telling Happy to get a lawyer. That was it. You didn't need, mm-hmm. you know, it was just fan service. That I, is, I, I think, the most... I am happy to see him. I'll say that. I'm the only one who cheered in my theater when Stewie from Succession showed up. Um, <laughs> He's like, he looks good. He looks great. I should bring him good. back. Uh, ACAB, though. <laughs> yeah, but he worked for the FBI. Which is That's like, worse, Kay. They killed yeah, MLK. <laughs> no, that was the CIA. Different. I think it was the FBI. Guys, I'm... No, no, we can't bring up 9-11 in one episode and MLK in the other. <laughs> well, what's your stance on them? Uh, it's fine. Anti-MLK? Every time we come in the pod, we need to talk about a new national tragedy. I don't want to, look, I don't want to talk about MLK. What are your I, thoughts I on Pearl I'm a little more... What are your thoughts on Pearl Harbor? <laughs> oh, I'll go on the record. Pearl Harbor, funny. Um, ben Affleck? Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go on the record with Ben Affleck thoughts. Uh, good and Daredevil. <laughs> um, God. Uh, so, so number two, Spider-Man. Charlie Cox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number two, Spider-Man. I'm going to say Tom Holland, at least for I'm this movie. Say Tom, Holland. Tom Holland. In his own movie. It's uh, number yeah. two. I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but like. It's fun. I, I'm, I'm going to put Andrew. Because while he was great. And funny and everything, like he he was just there to be his Peter Parker for like the little bit of time that he was there. And while it was great, he kind of redeemed himself with the whole you know MJ falling thing. Tom still like had his aunt die, grew up, sacrificed everything. Like he had his own personal growth, which was 
a lot, and the movie's about him, that's how it should be. So I liked him a lot in this movie. I've known people who have had their aunt die, and it didn't make me like them more as people. (laughs) (laughs) But was their aunt Marissa Tomei? That is true. Yeah, I know. I'd feel a lot more for it than it was. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm cutting that. That's terrible. <laughs> no, no, leave it in. You gotta leave it in. Um, fuck. I don't even remember where we were at. Uh, Tom Holland. Uh, he's fine. I uh, my quips with Tom Holland are, have always been that he's less uh, self reliant. He's kind of been handed everything by Tony. He's like an Iron Man Junior. You can just repeat. I think everyone's problems with Tom. Tom's very funny. My take on Tom is that I like him more in Spider-Man Homecoming than I like him in this movie. At least, like, his... He's the best in Civil War. Yes, yeah. I and like that's when he's the most earnest. Best he's the best when fun. he's struggling, which is when I like all of the Spider-Men the best, though. Well, yeah. in that case, he is struggling the most in this one. And, and I, I liked uh, him a lot. Uh, I like the end. I think that the end kind of services him. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I mentioned this to Chris earlier. Uh, but... It's weird that now that he's back at square one, he has an identity to protect, and yet he has no one in his life to kind of protect his identity from. Like, if May is dead, who is he, you know? Who yeah, cares like, he, if he might as well reveal that, hey, everybody, I'm Spider-Man, and the whole world would well, be like, okay. I they still that know that Spider-Man MJ. killed Mysterio, though. Yeah, I guess that that's the real reason to hide his identity, just to keep away from the cops. <laughs> this is a little messy. What a little messy movie. Uh, to talk about it's Myst- a little messy. To talk about Mysterio really quickly, um, I like to go back to Toby uh, that they worked in Toby Maguire's quote unquote back problems into this script as it was worked into Spider Man Two script because I guess to rehash it, Toby Maguire tried using that as a negotiation tactic for filming Spider Man Two, so they uh, hired Jake Gyllenhaal to play Spider Man in Spider Man Two instead, and uh, they had to do some switch around when Toby Maguire was like, "Actually, my back's not hurt. Please hire me back." Um, so I like that that keeps coming back up. Well, it was really convenient that Andrew Garfield was around to crack his back for him so he could play Spider-Man again. Like a little theater kid. <laughs> um, is that a theater kid trait? Is just That is absolutely backs. a theater kid tra- trait. They crave physical touch. <laughs> they really so. do. I, I took a theater class in high school and it was nothing but people giving back rubs and just be like, yeah, can you crack this for me? And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want this. I don't like being yeah. touched. Theater kids are notoriously horny. Um, <laughs> was it Andrew Garfield that asks if, no, it's Tom Holland that asks. Who asks if, if Toby can shoot web from anywhere else? Tom. I think they both do. Is that Tom? Whoever, whoever But Andrew's just it. like, yeah, can yeah. you? <laughs> Horny little fuckers. Well, yeah, a lot of like their problems is just they they want to be with the girl they like so bad that they just fuck up everything else, mm-hmm. which is admirable. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I really I really like Tom Holland, but when you have him next to my number one of Andrew Garfield, it's just impossible when he when they're both there for me to like Tom more. I just can't. Yeah, Andrew is just so dang charismatic in this movie. He's sizzling. He went from my least favorite Spider-Man to my number one in a heartbeat. And it was almost the moment he appeared on screen. His energy was so much more fun than anybody else in the movie. And I was like, I want a whole... I want to see an amazing Spider-Man 3 now. Much more than I want to see Raimi's Spider-Man 4, which is a crazy sentence. The problem I had with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was it felt more like Andrew Garfield was getting like a chance to like be like, "Hey guys, my movies didn't suck. I'm really cool." We all knew he was cool, but it felt like he was just like, "Hey guys, I'm here in like a good movie 
and look at me be Spider-Man again. Whereas it didn't feel like he was like, oh, I'm Spider-Man here to help out. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like Andrew Garfield was like, oh, thank God, finally a movie where I can like be good and not have the movie ruin it for me. I don't know. It didn't feel like authentic. I don't know. I had trouble connecting like that. Andrew, to me, acts like he is so happy to be there. And Toby, on the other hand, acts like this was kind of just like... (laughs) They kept... He had to be here contractually. Like, like, they begged him. Yeah, like, his voice mailbox was full, and this is the only way to clear it out. Um, My thing about Andrew, though, is that he... He's too cool in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And it helps that, I mean, he's confident and, like, a little cocky and dating one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. And he's, like, an 18-year-old, like, cool guy, even though he's secretly, like, almost 30. But to watch him actually be in his 30s playing Spider-Man, it's, again, the thing of just, like, oh, this is a little sad. You are Peter Parker. This is... Well, I, I like that from him. Oh, I do, I, too. I agree that he is too cool in high school. I don't like him. But as a 30-year-old man, all of a sudden, he's a huge dork. Yeah. And I think that's very fun for Peter Parker. Peter Parker shouldn't be cool. He should be a dork. And that's a issue I kind of have with Tom Holland. Tom Holland's hot and cool and, like, dating Zendaya. Yeah, but and he's like, so boyish that it still comes off as dorky, so it works. <clears throat> I mean, yes. he's obsessed with Legos, but, you know? Yeah, Electro does ask him if these are his Legos, which is very funny. The, the boyish stuff works. I do think that if he went to my middle school or high school or whatever, he'd be the coolest kid there. Whereas, like... That says more about your high school than it whereas, does like, Tom Holland. Toby Maguire would, I would bully him. You know, I'd be like yeah. a fucker and break <laughs> I'd his bully glasses. that 25 year old man. Yeah, Toby Maguire is is the walking Steve Buscemi meme of hello, fellow kids when he walks into the high school. <laughs> <laughs> I said it last episode and I'll repeat that sentiment. I think Andrew Garfield is the best Peter Parker. I, I am forced to agree. You've changed. Well, the movie has changed my mind, but you, yeah, you but were revealed to be correct. <laughs> now you see the vision. <laughs> My one punch-up for him would be, I think, visually, his suit is a little undistinguishable from the other suits, and I would have liked them to use the basketball suit from the first Spider-Man, even if that didn't make sense. Oh yeah, let's have a little suit corner, because um, I used to think that Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit was the best Spider-Man suit, because it was such an improvement over the basketball suit, which I agree, I would prefer that, because it was visually different. It's a worse suit, but visually. Yeah. But seeing it next to the Raimi suit, I was like, oh, this is such a pale imitation of the Raimi suit. That is the, the perfect Spider-Man suit. They knocked it out of the park with that first one. It's so much better than Holland's or Garfield's. I wish so badly Toby wasn't in it. I, I do really like Holland's um, inside-out suit, though. That's fun. That was a fun little move. I wasn't... Yeah. I wasn't totally on board with it, but I think for the sequences where he wore it, especially with Electro, I think it worked well. But we didn't. We haven't talked about the movie's number one villain. Who? Venom. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. Actually, we should discuss this. Yeah. Um, what a fucker. You, Kay, you haven't seen Let There Be Carnage, correct? No. It seems that this movie has already spoiled the end credit scene of that movie. So do you mind if I just tell you about it? Go for it. Because, well, okay. So I'm sitting in the theater. Credits are rolling. My friend goes, oh, did you ever see the second Venom movie? And I went, no. And she was like, oh. Yeah, so that that track for you that Venom was here? (laughs) Well, I could tell that he was in our, like, Peter, Tom Holland Peter's universe because he was talking about Iron Man. And obviously he was learning that from someone within our universe. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I was like, is he stuck here? 
and then um, he gets sent back like in the middle of the yeah. scene. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so he's not. So yeah, this, I just want to talk about it because it's very funny. At the end of Let There Be Carnage, he's just like sitting in a hotel room, and um, all of a sudden he gets like transported to the MCU universe, MC universe, <laughs> and um, he looks up the news and he sees like Spider Man being outed as Peter Parker, and he's like, "What's going on? Who's this guy?" And it's like, "Oh wow." he's fully in the MCU now. This is crazy. I guess he's going to be like in the next Spider-Man movie or he's going to be in a Spider-Man movie. So it's very funny to see the deflation <laughs> that he's just in it for another post credit scene and then gone forever, apparently. Yeah, I think I heard a few like, oh, in the theater. <laughs> just like, oh. Like they set up nothing. That, yeah, he never leaves that hotel bar. <laughs> yeah, he's at that hotel at the in the end credit scene, and he's just there for like three days while he's being explained by the bartender what the MCU is, and then he blips back. That's funny. I like he's that. Cute. It's yeah. fun. Uh, but I guess is that how they're going to introduce Venom into the MCU? Because he left behind a little symbiote well, thing. Yeah. So he's gonna find That's a weird way. No, I think it makes sense because it started out with the asteroid in three and then like the little that attaches to what Peter's bike or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's just always a little is somewhere and then it attaches. I simply wish that Andrew got to fight an alien. He really wanted to. Maybe in his universe he gets to at some point. Maybe we'll see that in The Amazing Spider-Man I... 3, which is currently being greenlit. No, I hope so. Uh, Chris and I are actually. This is where we will give you an exclusive uh, news drop. We're we're actually writing it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't wait to tell Marvel about it. <laughs> I think I have other notes. Uh, okay, yeah, I have Aunt May dead, which like works because it's like Peter's Uncle Ben moment, but also it just sucks that she was so underutilized in this trilogy. Yes, but I think no one's happier about it than she is. If you've seen interviews, <laughs> with yeah, Marissa Tomei does not like being in the MCU. She is so she got her paycheck and she got out. Good for her, uh, Chris. That's I, 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 someone who sat beside Chris for this movie when she finally said, uh, "With great power must come great responsibility." Chris fucking like fist pumped. He was like excited by that, and I, was I like, don't I, recall this. I, I was like multiple times because I knew she was gonna die. Brain, I was like, we we we've, we've gotten this speech like six times. Was I six different? Was people. I? Oh no! I okay. I, I remember. I, I do remember fist pumping, and I, it was because in our episode, and specifically, it was because of our record. I said. They've only ever said with great power comes great responsibility in the first Spider-Man movie. And they they treat it like the sacred line that can't be ever said again. And I was like, it's really weird. Let them say it again. Just let them, like, stop talking around it and just say it. So the fact that they finally said it again, I was like, okay, good. I'm glad we got the stigma over. Chris was hooting and hollering and everyone was like, man, she's about to die. <laughs> yeah, I was like, boom time. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was standing up. I was saying, kill her, kill her. Um... Uh, another note I have is that there's not enough Ned. I like I'm Ned. I'm cool with it. That's fun. That's fun. He's, he's got. A he's a wizard now. Yeah, but like, is he or did it's just the ring, right? Well, I mean, it implies that he has innate magical ability, so he could learn to be a wizard if he studied with Doctor Strange. But he won't now that he doesn't know Peter. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> That's also another interesting question. How much of their memories get erased? Yeah, because I'm like, does Ned just have like picture frames like in his room of like him with like his arm around nothing well it is oh, magic the, yeah i was gonna say that's the the harry potter deathly hollows part one when, when yeah they like, yeah. just like, like yeah. deleted from all the photos so i assume like, this is a terrible photo I, now but i like i want to know like because 
there presumably there are moments when Ned like was in a room with one of the other villains or with Doctor Strange and Peter wasn't in his line of sight. So does he also forget about those moments? Yeah, there's a lot of like explaining that I guess they'll do or they won't. Maybe they'll do that in Multiverse of Madness I mean, or whatever. They, maybe. They Cuz I'm like I don't know the logic here. They handled the blip pretty well. Like the everyone's return I had a billion questions about post game mm. and they've handled that pretty well. I will say Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out a full, what, 10 months before this movie, and it got pushed back because of COVID, but the Spider-Man Sony deal required them to release a movie every two years, so this had to come out. So I don't know how much of that will be addressed in Multiverse of Madness, but I assume it'll come up in the future. I don't know if Tom Holland's done. I don't think he's done. He signed a contract. I think that Amy Pascal is going to get her new trilogy. Um, another question that I have uh, following this whole thing, which will not be addressed in Multiverse of Madness because it's specific to the Peter Parkers, is the spell seemed to be anybody that knew Peter Parker came into our universe. And the new spell is anybody that knows Peter Parker forgets about Peter Parker. Now, this included the other Peter Parkers. So is everyone going to forget about Toby and Andrew when they go back home? Like, are they going back to universes that just they don't, nobody knows who they are? It'll be answered in The Amazing Spider-Man 3. That's for us to decide, Chris. Oh, yeah. I'm writing yeah. that in my script. Yeah. Weird. All right. I'm making a note. All right. There we Pedantic go. alert. Chris needs his rules explained to him. <laughs> I, I I love rules. <laughs> I uh, can't be bothered. I just think, I think if, to answer that, uh, I think it's Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, the other Spider-Mans will forget Tom Holland. I think they will, whatever. I'm no, not, I'm not, I, I don't fucking I care. choose to believe that Harry has amnesia when Toby goes back and they're best friends again. <laughs> And I choose to believe you're wrong. Actually, Harry's dead, so never mind. I'm like, Harry is going <laughs> I do like my favorite little Ned part. To go back to Ned is him being like, man, Spider-Man, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to become a villain. I'm learning, yeah. I'm learning magic, but it's not to murder you. Here's the issue. He doesn't remember him now. He's fully going to become a villain. He's going to become the Hobgoblin. <laughs> he does. He does become the Hobgoblin in the comic books. Do we think now... Like, because it, it's it's somewhat confirmed that there's going to be another trilogy, do we think that it's going to factor in Harry and Gwen, or do you think they're just going to do something totally different? I think it must, it? because I think that the Ned and Michelle thing, I think they're going to continue to be in it, but I think they're going to be sort of take a backseat for a while, while these Peter builds new relationships and tries to have a life away from them. I think Zendaya is going to be a pretty, like, big part of this universe going forward no matter what because she's been second build in like most of these movies i think she's around i think ned's gonna be phased out i don't know if they'll go the harry route i i, I actually think they might bring in miles miles makes sense actually now that you mention it harry would be a hard sell because that would require them acknowledging like the osborns mm -hmm. yeah. and that mm -hmm. it, it requires Os yeah it requires a harry osborne uh, a norman osborne and oscorp we know doesn't exist in this universe uh, Goblin says that. I think Miles is probably going to take a. I think I think Miles will be introduced in the next one probably, and then like Miles as Spider Man might be in that sequel, and then by the third Miles will like pretty much take the reign. Yeah. I can see Gwen making an appearance, and I can also see a, a like a love triangle thing. They're definitely going to want to introduce Black Cat at some point. They've wanted to for so long, and I think it's only a matter of time. So I can see now that he's no longer attached to MJ specifically. Well, some other love interests being thrown in. Gwen, I think, is more of a, especially in the comics now, and someone who reads them could correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Gwen has kind of become a, a love interest for Miles, right? 
Well, in in that other universe, um, I, I haven't read a lot of the modern comic books, but yeah, but like Miles is because in the Ultimate Universe, Gwen has some convoluted backstory and like she's a clone or something. I I don't know all of it, but like my, she and Miles are kind of a thing, while MJ and Peter are still a thing. So I think well, Gwen would serve. That's definitely the plot line they're going with in the um, Into the Spider Verse movies. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll try to differentiate it by no, having I, Gwen not be with Miles in the live action. No, I think. I think that Miles has so few supporting characters to like latch onto that if he can't even get Genki, because they've kind of reappropriated him for. <laughs> They'll have Genki, but he'll be more of a Harry Osborn type. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I would bank more on Miles than I would bank. On... This is the nerdiest our conversations have gotten. Yeah, I checked like, out, including our last episode. <laughs> Kate, you can't stop us. Like, you can't just, like... No, I'm just letting you guys get it out. I think it's good to get it out of your system. No, we've been talking for days about this. Literally for (laughs) over 24 hours. Um, Final thoughts? We've hit the hour mark. That's true. Um, Spider-Man, good. Oh, this is when we give our star ratings? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, I gave it three and a half stars, and I stand by that. Mike, wait, can I hear your pros and cons? Like, what's a pro and what's a con? Um, this bro, whole conversation is but Andrew Why? Garfield, con, messy. <laughs> All right, hell yeah, Mike. Star rating four stars. Pro, Andrew Garfield, con, messy. Um, pro, uh, it's fun. It's a fun, complete movie to me. Uh, the cons are the extra, the kind of superfluous villains, and the it's a lot of movie. It's it's a lot of story stuffed into two hours and twenty some minutes. It's a lot of movie. Um. All right. I also gave it four stars. Uh. As I I think it's the best of the new Spider Man movies. Agreed. Um. And uh, pros. Uh. I'm not gonna say I agree with your pros, but I'm gonna throw in here because I didn't get to talk about it. I think that Peter's new costume looks amazing. I love his shiny blue. Yeah, I like it. And uh, <laughs> yep. And uh, cons. I'm gonna say um. Con. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I like rules and they didn't explain enough for me. Give me another hour of exposition, please. I am a computer. Me, if you gave me those rules, that would be my con. Fuck off. I would simply like a different cut of the movie than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, as the only, I'm assuming, non-major movie buff and like screenwriter and stuff like that, I, I'd give it a four out of five. Pros, I like Spider-Man, I like Andrew Garfield, I like Tobey Maguire, so it's really cool seeing them all and seeing the villains and everything. Um, cons, yeah, my more analytical side and my more like, oh, I want to know why this is happening, was not like satisfied because there was a lot that was unexplained, or I was like, how does that work? What, what's, the, what's the technicality there? So I think it was just a lot left. Vindication. For, yeah, like, what was, there's a lot left for me to ponder that I wish was answered, but I'm sure they'll wrap it all up like nicely down the line and i like the movie for a while i hope they never do i hope they never explain anything <laughs> what is your favorite mcu movie he already said it earlier i didn't actually because no, i never i never <laughs> came uh, with an answer oh yeah you know, he said his favorite spider-man <clears throat> dick i <laughs> i still i'm i mean maybe children maybe captain america civil war no, i really that's like no really oh like i'm sorry mine's winter soldier civil okay, war spider-man's it. great in that yeah queen's God, Queens, Putin and hollering. Um, I I like, I think we've all come at this as Marvel fans, right? Like I've seen a lot of takedowns of this movie as a takedown of the Marvel formula in general, which is something I don't mind. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with it. 
yeah. cool. It's fun. I just think it's a fun time. I would, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again. It's okay to go to the theater just to have a fun time. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Must a movie be good? Is it not enough to see Doc Ock snips? But I didn't. <laughs> I know. Um, it was, it, it was, was very, a turtleneck. Yeah, it was strange to see like the movie theater parking lot completely full and like people all in the theater. Like it was insane. I haven't seen it like that since the force awakens. This is the first time I have sat by a person at a movie theater. Obviously I sat by Chris, but a guy sat on the other side. I mean, this is the first time someone has sat beside me in a movie theater since 2019. Like usually there's been some spaces and some distance and like, you know, it's a pandemic. But this is the first time I have felt like this was a movie-going experience. It's nice to be back. Yeah, who knows how long we'll be back. <laughs> For now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I wasn't going to put that energy out there. <laughs> thanks no, thanks it's for fine. bringing it all back down to 9-11. <laughs> 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 <That's okay. laughs> That's that should not be a laugh line. A bigger gap after the 9-11 mention this time. <laughs> yeah, the, the gap will be the podcast ends right there. <laughs> um kate thank you for having us on thank you for having me on chris also has to thank you i'm not gonna thank (laughs) we have some stuff to plug um oh really uh uh, okay i it has been a pleasure um you can thank me for coming on Uh, (laughs) no no no, thank you thank you for having me on (laughs) Um, no it's been great um, I'm here to plug uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 3 coming to theaters uh, 2025 starring Andrew Garfield and uh, Cheyenne Woodley. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, how I'm did you say her name? I heard how I said it and, uh, and I regret it. This is my Chathari. Chathari moment? Yeah. I, I would like to plug um, Spider-Man No Way Home Point One, which includes an extra 20 minutes of exposition. <sighs> we don't need that. I'm making my cut. <laughs> Brian, it was nice meeting you. Brian, what would you like to plug? Um, myself, because everyone should follow me, because I'm cooler than Katie. My Drop sister. those socials. I, I always include socials in the bio of episodes, so I'll, I'll include everyone. Oh, God, socials. is my socials in the bio of the last episode? I didn't yeah, even look. Yeah. My mom's maiden oh, name there, too. Uh-huh. Is what? My mom's maiden name there, too? No. Okay. Uh, what do I have to plug? Uh... House of Gucci, still in theaters. Hey! <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were talking about that maybe 10 minutes before this record started, I want you to know. Yeah. Good movie. Perfect film. Lady Gaga, she's make a, make a to pizza pie. Reeve Carney, my fourth favorite Spider-Man. That's yeah. not true. I would say Miles after that. As someone who has not seen Reeve Carvey as Spider-Man, he, he makes a great Tom Ford. <laughs> Asterisk. He's fine as Tom Ford. I think he's a fine Tom Ford. I like Tom Ford. It's fun to see him in movies. All right. <laughs> that man's going to direct Nocturnal Animals someday. That's true. That's so fucking weird. Starring not to, Jake Gyllenhaal. I was going to say, not to bring it back to Jake Gyllenhaal, but... It all comes back to Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, <sighs> uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes, yes. Do we have to do the thing that you made me do last time? Yes, uh, unfortunately. The podcast? Yeah. What are you talking about, Kay? And also, Brian must participate. No, don't bring him into this. He's just a kid. He's just a boy. I'm interested. (laughs) Um, Say it. Say it. I didn't come up with one yet. All right. Um, Hold on. Um, Well, it's been great, but now I've got to elect go. 
you're gonna have a lot to cut out here because I still have to think of one. <laughs> Is this just a, a pun? Based yeah, a pun on based movie? off of yeah, yeah, the yeah. conversation. It's, it's a pun based goodbye. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Based on okay. Okay. I, I need a sec. I've got to uh, Jake Gillen haul out. What? What is? The, explain yourself. You heard, I get you it. Heard haul out. Yeah. I get it. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll I'll fix it. I got a Jake Gyllen haul ass out of here. That okay. All right. Now I get it. All right. <sighs> um, it's uh, Uncle Ben fun, but I oh, aunt oh, may oh. have to go. <laughs> that is the first time that we've heard that incarnation of it. I I loved it. <laughs> Incredible. Well, you see, mine was going to be the Aunt May base, but now I feel bad. <laughs> you have. To. So. It can't be worse than the one I did. Yeah, really. No. Yeah. Oh, the other one, the Georgia Tacom. I got a Gorma Goma Tacom. Yeah. You can cut this if you don't have one. Oh, I'm yeah, if you don't have one, you do not have to do it. I was just going to say, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll just cut me even saying that it will include you. I think it's time we let we this, this specific episode die. Pull an Aunt May on it, maybe. Because I think we've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll count that. That's pretty good. Spider-Man. But you know what? Don't come here with that weak shit. <laughs> um, Mike, I I said the sign-off last time, so... Okay, well, uh, I've been Kay. I've been Brian. I've been Chris. Ahoy. No. <laughs> It's, I've been Mike. Jesus Christ. And go watch a goddamn movie. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Clean. Bye, everybody. You got it. Bye. Goodbye. So do we want to go ahead and get started? Like, what's... Uh... Um, do you want to set a timer for the mic sync? <laughs> no. No. I can just look at the clock. It'll be fine. It, it's not that hard, though. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not fucking editing. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I, Chris, you want to edit again? I will. You know that I will. <laughs> I know you will, but I feel bad. I have some notes for the editor, actually. <laughs> yeah, I noticed Mike, when it was actually published, I was like, oh shit, Mike's voice is too loud. But, uh... Yeah. I think Mike's just loud. I'm not, though. That's the thing. He just told me to speak up. <laughs> well, that's because you were like, oh, hello, my name is Michael Lee. Hi, hello, my name is Michael Lee. No. I like that ASMR. <laughs> Thanks. My f- oh, yeah. My favorite ASMR mm-hmm. is ASMR cooking, but where no one speaks is just like <laughs> Japanese, like, and then they have like mini houses. It's very fun. I've heard him say this like twice now. Mike repeats a lot of stories. That's okay. Brian, I didn't need that validation, I want you to know, but it's always nice to get it. You don't, you don't have to be nice to him. You're encouraged not to, for now. All right, so. You guys are assholes. Are we doing a, how are we doing this? Let We're just going to start. <laughs>